When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. What a load of tripe. So while Phil Tallentire was out in Portugal with the squad last week, me and Vic had the pleasure of Mansfield Town on, on Wednesday night to see Borough continue their preparations for the new season. Talking about being envious of Phil, we started the tripe by tucking into a cupcake to our right here, and he's got a, he's armed with a cup of tea as well. He's got cherry, a cherry on the cherry top. Bakewell. Cherry Bakewell. Cherry Bakewell cupcake, yeah. And Portugal. Yeah, so what have we got, Tom? I know how to live. What Ma- have we got? We got locked in at Mansfield and had to try and escape from a hermetically sealed stand. Yeah, that was a first. <laughs> to put you in a picture, Vic, it ended with Vic standing over the top tier. We were in the top tier, yeah. weren't we, at Field Mill? Standing over the top tier, screaming, hello, at this one fella who was kind of being, we could just spot, couldn't we, coming out of the dressing rooms. And uh, finally he came out and let us to and Scott from the Echo out, so we, we managed to get home via diversions and whatnot. Eventually. It was a bit of a shopping journey. It's a glamorous job. Uh, so Portugal, Phil, we'll mm. start with there if you're in between mouthfuls. Yeah, go um, on, yeah. Kind of three games in now the pre-season, two to go. What, what do you think, uh, and I realise it's probably a long list, but what do you think Munk will have taken from, from what he's seen in the game so far? Um, I mean, I, the, the, the big point he kept making when I spoke to him about it was the players are buying into what he wants. They're all, they're all adapting to his ideas. He's, he's got clearly two very strict policies. One is for... A four-two-three-one formation, and the players within that must—I um, suppose you'd call it—must be switched on. Must play on the front foot. He doesn't want passive footballers. He doesn't want footballers who just let the game happen around them. He wants players who. Uh, I mean, it's the, everyone says it's something new, but Liverpool were doing it in the eighties. You know, when the opposition have got the ball on the edge of their own box, he expects the strikers to be the first line of defence, to be snapping at heels, to be to be making tackles, to be closing the space down. And I think, I think he was pleased with the way the players are adapting to that. Obviously, the the two games in Portugal, the players all got forty five minutes each. A lot of it was about just getting some game time in the legs, but. He was trying to lay down that philosophy. You know, we used that word a lot with Aitor, didn't we? Philosophy and methodology. But a lot of the modern-day managers are very similar. They want the same kind of thing from the players. I think the key to, the key to it is going to be, you know, Aitor played 4-2-3-1 for the majority of his time as a Middlesbrough manager. And it was quite successful. But I always felt, and I think a lot of people felt, that the three behind the strike and never quite gelled. He never quite found the combination that you couldn't hang your hat on, as Bernie likes to say. And I think I think Monk um, will will have a similar philosophy, but he'll want more energy, more activity from his forward players. He'll expect them to create goals and score goals. And um, it's it's very very early days. And I know, I know obviously Borussia scored two against Chesterfield and then two last night. Uh, sorry, against um, the Mansfield. So they are finding a way to score, but it's it, 
you know, the, the calibre of the opposition is and what they're going to be coming up against next season. It's those three and behind, because if you if you if you but to have a have a punt at the team now for Wolves away, you could probably have a good crack at it, couldn't you? I mean, obviously not not everyone. You'd be you'd be a few out here and there, I would well imagine. But it's those three and behind, which I'd, I'd say is most kind of intriguing and fascinating at this stage. Who who's going to play there and how will play them? I guess. Well, from Mansfield, uh, I think there's a couple of candidates that maybe we hadn't considered before. Uh, I thought Sissolo was was very lively. He he didn't look in any way overawed at being playing in, in the first team. I think he was physically strong. He was fast, uh, intelligent movement, uh, lots of deft little touches, and and some good good runs behind the defence. So I think he may possibly be a, be a candidate in the mix. Uh, Ramirez looked bright for twenty minutes. A couple of excellent deliveries. One that led to a goal. Uh, and Adam Forshaw played on the left, and he was was quite lively as well. The, I don't think that makes him a, a, a firm candidate for there necessarily, but uh, it certainly bears thinking that if we're going to play in a, a more expansive style, the fact that he buzzes around may may be a plus. Uh, then there's uh, Braithwaite, who we haven't seen, but we're, we're told is is uh, very can play on the left with with some success. Uh, so. There are candidates there. Uh, there'll be a, a, a completely different team playing at, at Rochdale. They'll get 90 minutes as well, so there'll be other people who want to stake their claim. I, I think it's good that this at this stage that we're, we're thinking that there are several people that, that can play in that, that vital uh, department that we were lacking in last year and, and possibly the year before as well. Yeah, there's variety there, isn't there? If you look at someone like Adama Traore for example and then compare them with a, with a more craft of, of Gaston Ramirez who kind of seems to still come with a footnote every time he's mentioned of his future's uncertain mm. but then again he's, he's played a key part then there's Martin Braithwaite Phil you, you kind of spoke to, to Gary Monk got a bit of time with him up close and personally in, in Portugal and, and reading your stuff with him one, one word one term that was used over and over again was dynamic yeah. is that something that he, he demands from his I guess from all of his players, but certainly his forward players. Yeah, I would have said so, particularly, as you say, the, the front four, the striker and the three behind him. Um, I think it's interesting looking at the personnel you've just been talking about. I mean, I, I can't pretend to have said I've seen a lot of Martin Braithwaite, so I'm not going to pretend that I know what his strongest position is. But you've, you've kind of got Bamford, Braithwaite, uh, Sombolonga, even Stuani, if you want to put it like that, you know, strikers within the team. Now, you can only in that system you can only play one striker. So the big question for me that we haven't had resolved yet is if for example Bamford's not the man to play up top, then where does he play or you know, do we, does he do, do, does um Gary Monk do what Ito Karanka did quite a lot, which was I haven't got room for him up top, so therefore I'm gonna find room for him in the front three. Now I think one of the reasons why the three attacking trio didn't work as well as it maybe could have done at times under Karanka was that a lot of players were kind of Playing slightly out of position, whether it was Bamford on the right, whether it was Vossen dropping back, accommodating, uh, yeah, exactly, accommodating players. Now, as Vic's quite often pointed out, the wide left and wide right players in, a, in an attacking three aren't wingers. That's not what they are. It's nice if they can get past people and put crosses in, but they're not orthodox wingers, are they? And I, and I look at the personnel he's got available at the moment. And I'm not sure who fits where. I mean, we know what Ramirez can do, but as you've just said, there's a caveat with him. It mightn't be about, his head mightn't be right. Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a player who fits in and out of games, always has done. Uh, and then you've got 
you know, is, is Braithwaite going to be used on the left? Is is Bamford going to be used on the right? I'm not, I really haven't got a clue at the moment where Gary Monk's head is around playing people. Um, you know, because those three players are any of those players. You know, and I'll throw this back to you, Dom. Are any of those players you think look at there? Do they strike you as a top quality championship number ten? I'm not saying they're not top top quality goal scorers, but is any is any of those players would stand out to you as a top quality championship number ten? Well, that's the position, isn't it? Because you look at Ramirez and think he's capable of, of, of almost taking a team up in that number ten role if his head's on the game. We don't know. We don't know kind of if if it is how long that'll stay. If he does stay, whether we'll get to December and he get his head turned again. If there's talk of a, a bit of interest, you know, should he play three or four months good uh, good football? I think Bamford's an interesting one because you you look at Bamford at the end of last season. Um, and how much that, that goal meant to him when he scored, I think it was against Southampton. Then he returns to pre-season early. He's obviously keen on, on being absolutely electrically sharp sharp when, when the players return. I remember when, when uh, the last time he was here, and, and I think it, I can't remember after what, what game it was after, but Bamford had made it clear that he'd knocked on Ito Karanka's yeah, door said this much, and he? said to him, I, I see myself as a centre-forward and I want to play centre-forward. Now, it was it's kind of intriguing really as to how I talk Karanka would take that you know having worked having kind of seen how Karanka operates that could have gone either way wasn't it he gave Bamford his chance he did. and he absolutely took it I mean Bamford sees himself as a striker and he'll be desperate won't he to kind of make an impact this season so I'm kind of intrigued by his thinking at the minute and and even if you know you hear players say all the time don't they? I'll play anywhere as long as mm. I'm in the team I'm happy to play anywhere I remember Dean White had said it when he was playing at right back for Borough but equally, every player has a position which they think is their strongest position. And you would imagine that Bamford will want to play through the middle. Yeah, just very quickly on that, I spoke to Bamford after the um, Chesterfield match in Portugal and his spirits were really high. He just scored a penalty, which was great. But also, but you could tell you could tell that he was upbeat and excited. Now, this was before the Assemble Longer deal had gone through. So whether that's changed, potentially changed his mood, now knowing that he hasn't, got all, he hasn't just got to fight against Braithwaite, he's got to fight against the Sombra Longer as well, but he's a confident lad isn't he, and he'll probably fancy his chances of winning that battle, and he's the only player amongst those guys, I suppose, I suppose the Sombra Longer as well, who can say I've scored 20 goals in a well, championship season. We haven't even mentioned him, Rudy Gestead, he scored 22 goals last time Gestead, he played yeah. a full season in the championship, surely that competition, well, and I know it's the easy thing to say, but surely that'll bring the very best out of him. You would hope so. I mean, everyone says that that's what you want. You need competition, keep people on their toes, make sure that if they've got the shirt, they, they, they work hard to keep it. Uh, and that, that's got to be a good thing. Uh, I also think that Borough now have a few different types of striker, which is interesting because, you know, under uh, Ito Karanka, we, we played in a very rigid way and, and you know, we knew that when, when a striker came in for Nick Negredo, he had to do a certain job and a, in a certain way. The, having seen the way they played at Mansfield, you'd say that there was more fluidity uh, about that front, that three behind the striker, which perhaps demands different strengths and skills from the, the person that's playing up front. A bit more movement, maybe, uh, and a bit more link up with with what's uh, what's happening around them. So it, it's nice to have a variety of different strengths, so that the game can be changed. Uh, one of the problems that we've had. Having built a squad to play in a certain way was uh, the inability to respond to tactical changes of the dynamic of a game, of the, the narrative of a game. And I think Borough are now assembling a squad that can do that. 
And you mentioned the number 10 there. I mean, you know, uh, no one's mentioned Johnny Housen yet, who's, who sees himself as a, as a 10, and we're told he's an attacking midfielder, and he, he could possibly play there as well. So. But he's played all three games so far as a. He, he has, but when he, when he came, he said that's. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Where he's I agree, yeah. So I agree. There, there are lots of possibilities, lots of permutations. I kind of think maybe Borough could have done with another game. Yeah. Uh, because th- there'll be a, a full uh, full ninety minutes for a different team at, uh, at Rochdale on Saturday, and you think, well, he hasn't really tried a lot of permutations there. And it would be, although they may well be playing full scale ma- matches behind closed doors. You, that's the kind of thing that you need to bed in, I think. I mean, one thing that he did make a big point of of, of, of saying a few times when I was in Portugal was, you know, I kept asking you how close are you to your eleven? You know, how close are you narrowing down the play? This is. He said, this isn't just about the eleven. this is about a squad for the season. This is about getting a squad together, or a group as he likes to call them, a squad together that that everybody knows their part within it. And all those players can almost be interchangeable. So, you know, we're all thinking here, trying to write down our eleven for Molyneux. Um, but he's thinking, not just the eleven, but which eleven can sit on top of that and who can dip in and out, you know, if I've got an injury there, who can move in, if I've got a problem there, who can push forward. And he's he's very much thinking about and that's why he's, he's I think that's why he's made a point of picking the team that he picked at Rochdale, which a lot of people would have probably looked twice at and thought, Well, where's Braithwaite, where's it's on Belonga? But we may well see those players playing that similar system. Um, uh, uh, different players playing the similar system at, um, at Rochdale so there is a method to his madness he, he definitely wants to get a group of players together a strong core together and what I would say is just, just on the back of what Big said about you, you're right we've got four strikers really haven't we five including you know, one or two others um, but aren't the sort of club a championship club can't, can't keep players happy on the bench forever if you're a, if you're a Martin Braithwaite you didn't come to Borough to sit on the bench I'm not suggesting for a second you will or likewise, a some belonger, you know. So there is going to be a little bit of management involved for for, for Gary Monk because he clearly can't play Rudy Gisted, a some belonger, Braithwaite and Bram Bamford probably in the same team. I don't know; it could be proved wrong, but and, you know, and Stuani as well. Yeah, but but so there are going to be those management issues that every manager has, and it's, they call them the nice problems, don't they? When you've got a quality player who can't get in the team. Uh, so I think he will earn his money next season, Gary Monk, because it looks like he's going to have a squad with plenty of options. You, you, you touched on House and there then. How, how do you go about kind of assessing that battle for places in the middle? Because there's, there's five players, six if you include Adlin Guediora, who hasn't featured yet in pre-season, six, like I say, six there, who've, who've played Premier League football before. They all offer something that bit different, but they're all more than capable of playing in those two holding midfield roles. Have you seen anything yet to suggest who could be the favoured two? Vic was uh, mentioned Howison of course has played there in each game he's played I think one thing I would say about uh, I've read a few people writing Ledbetter off um, this summer you know well it won't be between Ledbetter because Ledbetter has passed it now he's over the hill as though he's 40 you know he's just past 30 isn't he um, I don't think many people realise how serious his injury was last season this time last year you know we heard it was a hernia and it hadn't fit, fit. by all accounts well he, he told me when I was over there that it was much, much more than that, and he was never really fit last season. Similar to George Friend, was never really fit last season. Same catcher. Yeah, and I think people, you know, Grant Ledbetter is fully fit now. Is raring to go. 
We know he's a canny operator in the Championship. We know he's a leader of men. I think he could be a big figure next season. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play 30-odd games next season, maybe more. I thought he looked sharp on Wednesday night. He, he did. He played in a slightly deeper position. We, we were saying you know, he was almost like a sweeper in the way that he was... Uh, you know, it was an anchor role, but he was recycling the ball uh, very very smoothly. And there was a couple of uh, good Hollywood, Hollywood passes as well, wasn't there? 13, 40 yards. Uh, and we know that he can do that. Uh, so he's very much part of the mix, I think. Uh, you, you have to accept that it, it sounds like Martin Deruyn's agent's doing a lot of work behind the scenes to try and open doors in Italy, so he could be one that possibly leaves. Uh, Guediora hasn't really featured, uh, so it may well he might well find himself on the fringes and possibly moved on. So that's a smaller group already, but it is a group that, that offers different things and... and uh, I mean, Forshaw, for instance, was I thought was very dynamic at Mansfield. I mean, I haven't seen Clayton yet, but we know what Clayton can well, do. Sure. We know what, what uh, Clayton can do. So I, I think that's a, a very good department in the Championship. Phil, back to you on this one, because you, you've seen more of them than, than me and Vic this summer. Obviously, Aitor Karanka was, was quite strict in what he wanted from those two players. There was, there was no real adventure, was there, that he wanted them to do the job that he kind of had tasked for that position and, and players like Adam Clayton did an excellent job of it. Is there anything to suggest Gary Monk wants a bit more from those players? Obviously it was very hard to tell on the games so far but I noticed, funny if you talked about Darun, uh, I kept an eye on him on Saturday when he played and he was doing what he did last season which was wandering upfield and then getting caught out again um, and I don't think Gary Monk will want that from him. Um, the fact that Johnny Housen's in that that, that, that defensive duo, call it defensive duo, it can be anything you want it to be, really. But he could be that player, couldn't he? You know, I mean, and, and we saw that Clayton develop the role, didn't we, last season? I'd be very surprised if Gary Monk wants those two players just to sit. We've mm. talked, haven't we, about the word dynamic, dynamism, whatever you want to call it. The idea of just having two sitters for 90 minutes, and I realise they do much more than that, but the idea that you have that almost luxury. I think doesn't fit with the way Gary Monk's talking about having players affecting the match. And, you know, you mentioned Grant Ledbetter looking quite sharp. You know, Adam Clayton's been fine so far from what I've seen of him. Johnny Housen's getting probably adapting to that position a little bit. I'm not sure how many times he'll have played as a, as a holding midfielder. Uh, Martin Darun, as I said, came on and, uh, you know, was Martin Darun. Uh, so I think, I, I would imagine, I would imagine that. That, that Gary Monk will want, yes, the solidity, but I think he'll want more in terms of invention. Rochdale, we kind of expect, don't we, similar to Wednesday night, and it'll be um, the players who didn't feature on Wednesday night and probably close to 90 minutes. The Augsburg friendly, then, what, what would, do you think it'll be as close as possible to the 11 that will play against Wolves? Do you think it'll be 11 first half, 11 second half? Or, like you say, Vic, if, if we're a perhaps one friendly short, will he, will he kind of have an idea before that and he'll just use the friendly for what it is? I think it'd be interesting. I mean, the logic is that you're playing what you think is your strongest team to get them prepared for the, for the big kickoff. Uh, so I think there'll be a lot of people keeping a very keen eye on, on the team sheet. And obviously there might be people who are, you know, for whatever reason, need to be rested or carrying a slight knock. I mean, we know George, for instance, has got a bit of a, bit of a knock on, uh, at Mansfield. Uh, but yes, I, I think all, all logic di- dictates that that would be as close to the starting line-up as, as you, could have, you could imagine. Yeah, I think the problem with that game could be, as we saw, I remember, was it Bordeaux who played a few seasons back? Mm. Um, 
where you know you what you really need in that last friendly is something that's fairly competitive, close enough to a, a proper competitive fixture. Now Bordeaux brought I think it was about nine players off after thirty minutes, and suddenly you're trying to play a real you know um, competitive football match while the opposition's just going almost going through the motions of giving players a run out. Fast, I mean I think they played the night before Bordeaux, if, if memory serves. So, so I think. As much as what, as much as the team that Gary Monk puts out, put, puts out, I hope Augsburg play, you know, more or less a competitive team as well, and it, and it's a proper football match, and that both teams get something out of it. I think, like Vic says, I think I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play something approaching a, a starting eleven. He, I, he mightn't have in his mind yet exactly who he wants to play with. Well, and we we also haven't talked about the imponderables like. You know, Ben Gibson might be with the squad right up till the, the Friday before, for example, the Augsburg match. The phone goes, Club X make this fantastic offer and Burrow decide, we're going to take that. And Gary Monk sees an England defender effectively taken out of his hands. So there are all, or he might get a new signing in on the Thursday before the Augsburg match and think, well, I was going to play Dale Fry in that match, but now I want to look at Joe Bloggs and see what he can do. So... There'll be all those little, you know. I do agree with Vic. I think we're probably are, probably are a game shy. Now, you, again, you could probably play that game. You could invite Sunderland down to play at Rockcliffe or, it, you know, another team leads whoever. Or a big team. One of the big teams, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Billingham Thorne. Well, you touched but, on that there, the, the friendly thing. I mean, I remember last year. For me, the best friendly last year was the Villa away game because it was the week before the Championship season started. It was it was their kind of main tune-up. A fortnight, wasn't it? No, it was, oh, sorry, it was a for the championship for series, yeah. It was a yeah. fortnight for Borough, but a, a yeah. week for a week yeah. for Villa. So it was their big their big game. Yeah, yeah. Um for Borough it was obviously kind of a, that, that, a step up in opposition. Uh, and you could tell that, that you know that was the kind of type of game they wanted. And then the week after, was it Villarreal or was that the season earlier? Uh, it was nil-nil, wasn't it? Yeah. Drew nil-nil the week after, and that was a lot more kind of slow paced and slow yeah. tempo. And I remember thinking that the Villa game was far more kind of far more real life. Just before we wrap up, you touched there on uh, on kind of players who could go out. Did we, having seen what we've seen so far, which positions do you think Monk be looking to strengthen? Which positions do you think need strengthening? Well, I think if you look at it, I mean, I, I do. It's interesting to see whether they're going to go with Connor Ripley. I don't think he can go with Dimmy as the number one. I, I, you know, I, he's a 38 year old keeper. He's done great stuff for Borough. He's something of a cult hero now, but. You know, in terms of a championship season, do you want him to be your number one? Will Conor Ripley get a chance? They've been looking at keepers. I would imagine they'll probably be targeting a keeper, and that might be harsh on Ripley. And then you're looking at your centre backs because everywhere else you're starting to get two players for each position, aren't you? I can see an attacking midfielder coming in. Mm. We talked about it earlier. Um, Share but, your jaws, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think an attacking midfielder, and Rick, you probably uh, similar to me, probably think the centre back. They'll probably go for a centre back, will they? I think it makes sense to bring in an experienced centre-back in. Uh, I think Dale Fry's got lots of promise, and I don't think he's ever let anyone down when he's been in the first team. But I think if, you, if you're setting out for a promotion campaign, then you need to get your, your spine right. And you've also got to factor in the possibility that between now and the end of the month, Ben Gibson yeah. could be lured away. So you do want some, something more solid in there. Uh, keeper, another centre-back, possibly a right-sided attacking midfielder. But I do think the bulk of the squad now looks uh, solid and, and, and fit for purpose in the Championship. Excellent. Well, you've finished your cupcake, Phil, so I reckon we'll, we'll wrap got, up. I've that. got indigestion already. <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Thank you.